Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. They have a, a terrific sales staff that is ready to serve you and not just serving you for the sale. And a service department is always there for you as well with many awesome technicians ready to serve you with the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance. And now SMC is looking for more of those awesome technicians because, well, the business just keeps on going for them. They're looking for entry-level and experienced technicians to work in their quick lane, car light truck service, heavy truck service, body frame and alignment, and towing departments, whether you're an experienced technician you're looking for your first job or you're just looking for a career change, SMC would love to hear from you. Stop by in person, apply online at sunburymotors.com or call Todd at 286-7746. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Another loaded show coming up today. Frank Bodani, York Daily Record, joins us today for... His take on the uh, the wind against uh, Maryland, and we go from there. 3-0 Ben's basketball team, by the way, last night. That was another strong performance, I thought. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Overall, yeah. A little dicey yeah, at the, the end, part. but, yeah. You know, on a night where you have 11 turnovers and four of them are in four straight possessions, Yeah, that, that didn't help. No. But... It's weird. Jalen Pickett had a triple-double last night. It's only the second one ever in the history of Penn State basketball. I know. That's amazing. I was stunned when I saw that. There's only one common denominator between the two. Me. <laughs> there you go. I'm it. I'm pretty much it. Wow. Um, Calvin Booth, his was... Uh, Points, rebounds, and blocks. This was points, rebounds, and assists. And the weird thing is, Matt, he played a good game last night. He didn't play a great game last night. He, that was, and Mike even said in the post game, he says, "Geez, Steve, he says, you know, I, he says I kind of put him on the bench for three or four minutes, kind of get him to clear his head." <laughs> okay. Well, it goes down as one of those classic examples where you can learn in a win. And putting up numbers like that. Yeah. But he does play 
at he really orchestrates the tempo of the game. And what there was so they they went on a night where a guy gets a triple double and is not playing his best. That's pretty impressive. And Manny Bates is not going to be confused with Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, or Zach Eady. But he is still a really good big man. Again, he's not in the category of the three I mentioned in the Big Ten. Or Cliff Amore of Rutgers. But he is still a very good big man. And I was really interested to see how Penn State would play him last night. And for the vast majority of the time, Matt, they singled him. They did not dig down with help. They didn't, like, play off somebody else. And Bates had a good night. He had 16 points and, I want to say, a dozen rebounds, something like that. Like, okay. But of those 16 points, three of them were jump shots. Okay. When you take Caleb Dorsey and Keba Jai, who split time facing Bates last night, those two guys last night combined for 13 points and 11 rebounds, as opposed to the 16 and 12 that the other guy put up. I can live with that. If those two guys combined for 13 and 11, and neither one was remotely in foul trouble last night, where they were singled on him, that was a real, true, positive sign for me last night from the fact that those two could hang in there with a guy that is, like I said, not the greatest big man in the country, but a very good one. A very good one. And they hung with him. Seems like and a smart was, blueprint going forward. Um, now, there'll be different ways you got to play different people. Um, and Micah does that. Micah plays, you know, you know, different different opponent, different ways. Furman is very good. I, uh, are we carrying this game or? Uh, yes. Thursday? Yep. Yeah, we, okay. we'll, we'll have them all. Okay. So yep. Thursday, uh, Dick and I will be on at 11. 11.30 will be the tip-off. When the game's over and the broadcast's over at 2, I'll get back to the hotel and I'll do the show with Matt. Uh, and we'll go from there. But Furman is very good. They beat Belmont. And we all know Belmont has a good reputation. That game was actually tied at halftime. Bothwell's a really Bothwell's a really good scorer. They're okay in terms of like, you know, inside they're okay. It's a team that is uh very two point or- oriented. They're only about a 29, 30% three-point shooting team, so that really plays into how Penn State plays. And Furman is a very good mid-major test. Very good. And that'll be Thursday at 11.30, and we'll be on at 11. Once we get there. Um, and... Our flight's been pushed back to nine. <laughs> ah, well, there you go. Well, it's snow- it's snowing here. Yeah, same here, and it's sticking here too. I mean, it's snowing hard here. 
I guess you don't have to rush as much now. <laughs> no, I don't. In fact, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go over to football practice. I'm gonna do that when I'm done. Might as well. There you go. See what's going on. Um. One quick note: James Franklin at his press conference today, and he he talked about Joey Porter because he felt like he, he was compelled to talk about Joey Porter because of all the rumors that have been going around about Joey Porter. Now, as you know, yesterday when it came up, I said, hey, that's up to James to talk about that. It's not my place to do it. But do you know how frustrating it is to sit here sometimes and not be able to say something because it's the right thing for me to do? It is James Franklin's program. It is not mine. I work there. Okay, we work. You know, as he says, he said, well, he said, you don't work for me. You and I work together. I mean, that's what he tells me all the time. Okay, fine. Well, we work together. Well, I'm not going to supersede. How he wants to how he wants to run his program, what information he wants to put out. But do you know how frustrating it is to, for me to sit here and listen to some, or have either somebody come up to me, or I read something which is so asinine and behind beyond the pale, and I can't say anything about it except for me to sit here and think, "Wow, you're an idiot." Yeah, I, mean, I believe it. I mean, it's hard for me to sit here sometimes like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, really? I mean, you got inside information on that? Really? Yeah. Yeah, nice try, sport. <sighs> I mean, you finally had to say something. And, you know, and, of course, because of HIPAA laws, he had to clear it with Joey and, and with his family. Okay. But, jeepers, cats, you got to be kidding me. Everybody assumes that I assume the word, oh, it's a non-football really. What? Oh, it's this. It's that. It's that. Oh, you could have. Maybe I could have. Maybe it was Oh, my God. And just sit here and like. You sit there and you just kind of. Kind of shake your head back and forth sometimes and say, really? And where do you get your inside information from? Toys R Us. What? I'm gonna. I know what's going on over here in the corner. No, you don't. So that's so we had to reveal it today because there have been too many rumors going around about. And to the credit, almost every single rumor was absolutely wrong. Oh well, no. Bottom line is Joey's going to be fine. Jack and I talked to him last Thursday, and he was, you know, his spirits were up. He was feeling, you know, so. All right. We'll take a break. Um, didn't go so well last night, did it? Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Somewhere, probably mostly in South Florida. Mercury Morris, Larry Zonka, Bob Greasy, Paul Warfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Popping the champagne yet again. Okay. 
as the only undefeated team in the history of the game. Kind of tells you how hard the accomplishment was, doesn't it? Yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to end last night, but I didn't think it was going to happen. Let me put it this way. The little parts I could see glancing back, you were lousy, (laughs) to be honest with you. You are 110% correct, yes. I mean, mean, remember, you got that gift touchdown at the beginning. Yep. So you got outscored, what, 32 to 14 after that? Basically, yeah. And they had the ball 40 minutes. Yep. The game plan was not surprising. I was just waiting for it to happen. I just didn't know if it was going to happen last night or not, to be honest with you. So, despite all this dominance, incredible, the greatest thing going, you have a one-game lead in the division, is that right? Yeah, it's how good the division is this year. It's crazy. And it's and it's 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 funny because everyone's thought, talking about how a, a great of accomplishment it would be to go 17-0. Well, guess what? The Eagles have to, have to actually keep winning to st- keep pace in the division. I mean, obviously they lose last night. It's hard to do. So they obviously are going to have to win some games to get the division when they got the, they got the Giants coming up and so by the way plus and minus on the officiating awful on the uh face mask oh yeah or the lack thereof great call on the Brandon Graham hit oh yeah i don't blame him for that he clearly there was about a second or two when between Heineke putting his knee down and then Graham coming over He's slowing I mean, just, down, uh, yeah, uh, but come uh, on. But Brandon Graham is a really good player. And yeah, he should know he said, better. No, no, he said, look, that's on me. Yeah, absolutely. He made no excuses. It's yeah. on me. I give him credit. Meanwhile, meanwhile Nick Sirianni's like, what? what's that call? I'm so like, oh, well, geez, Nick. Um, he's giving himself up, and then he got belted as a personal foul. Yeah, let, let me tell you something. I have loved the job Nick Sirianni has done basically since he's taken over the head coaching job. But... I'm 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 a little concerned with the way he handled the post game press conference last night. I didn't like his body language. I didn't like some of his answers. I'm a little nervous of how this is going to go going forward. How he leads the coaching staff in responding to getting hit in the mouth last night. He kind of looked like a spoiled brat to me that just expected to win, and was pouting all over the place. Like he acted like a sore loser last night. To be honest with you. He's not going to like hire Aaron Boone to be on his staff, is he? he better right, we'll not. come back with we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult, well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. 
there's been some misreporting out there and I just kind of want to you know clear these things up um, but like I mentioned last week Joey Porter had a non-football specific um, injury um, and there's been some misreporting out there and and um, I, I don't understand how that happens but but it did um, so I will get into the specifics of this one so it so it clears it up uh, but Joey had an appendicitis and that that's what happened um, obviously I wouldn't I wouldn't release any medical information without clearing it with the family first um, but but I don't like the fact that there's been some misreporting out there I don't I don't really understand how that happens but but it did so I wanted to clear it up Again, you weren't satisfied with that answer. No, that's fine. I'm just glad Joey's doing all right. Well, nobody said he wasn't doing all right. I mean, that's the whole thing. Nobody said he wasn't doing all right. They just said he's just out with a non-football-related injury. Well, after and hearing he ne- that he had the appendicitis and, is what I mean. He, and he never said he was out for the year, did right. he? No, he didn't, yeah. I, exactly. I, 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 like, and James Franklin is consistent with this. If it, if it was season ending, then we would have heard. So I really didn't take too much or read too much into it. I don't even know what the reports were, to be honest with you. But, uh, but now, now hearing that he had the appendicitis, I'm glad that he's doing okay, recovering from that. And Joey is not out for the year. Yeah, doesn't look like it. Uh, I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting world we live in. Getting more interesting by the day. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. The best in new inventory, all with great warranties, by the way. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a service department with great technicians that backs all of this up. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Tomorrow's show will be from Charleston. See if I can get out of here tonight. Which I think we will. They say we're getting out at 9. We're supposed to leave at 6. We're on a three-hour delay. 
Um, so, uh, tomorrow, Neil Kulong on the show. Neil was supposed to be on today, but uh, Neil is changing jobs. I saw all that. Within the, all within the industry, but uh, Neil will be with us tomorrow. And Chris Carlin, the voice of Rutgers football tomorrow. I hope that all meets with your approval. Absolutely. I'm always concerned. <laughs> yeah, Neil's with that side now. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. It's a great move for him. It's a great move for us. So, let's see here. Um, yeah, we got plenty of snow here. Let's see. Winter weather advisory. Snowing here. Heavy snow, heavy snow, heavy snow, heavy snow. It only goes for four hours. It snows the entire four hours. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, goody. Snow heavy at times for at least 120 minutes. Wow. Hmm. I wonder how much snow we're getting here. Let's see here. Just... We were only getting up to an inch here. And I we're think getting... out your way was going to be like one to two. Yeah, we're getting one to three here. It okay. Says. Yeah. Now one to three, you know, one to two is probably right. It's probably like maybe an inch and a half, two inches, which falls into the one to three category. I'm sitting here in the studio, and I'm thinking to myself, over the last eleven years, how many times have I sat here, looked out the windows, and watched it snow here? <laughs> you know, I wonder how many times it's happened where I looked out the window and say, oh. Snowing out. Hmm. How about that? That's a... Uh... Over 11 years, you you know, you cover a lot of ground, brother. You do. We'll get a lot of basketball going on. Okay? Since we have a lot of basketball, uh, I think it would be great for us to have a little chat with... My analytics guru, my guy that gets it done, Ken Pomeroy. Ken Pom, Ken, how you been? I'm at you know, Ken. Uh, let's get to. Uh, I, I looked at Penn State. It was like points per possession, Ken. All right, and what? Yeah, I think your site has Penn State's offensive efficiency. It's in the top ten. I think it's like seven four, whatever. I was going through all the numbers today, but I saw like points per possession. There were one. I'm like, okay, I never take a snapshot of that. Uh, so. <laughs> What you know? What you know? It's only a couple of games for everybody, but you keep track of everybody so far. Is there anything that you get in the opening week at all that that tells you something, anything? Yeah, yeah. There's there's some things. I mean, it's obviously it's tough, especially this year. You know, there so far there really yeah. haven't been any like interesting matchups from you know almost anyone in the top 100. So uh, so that makes it a challenge. But yeah. certainly, you know, you see like. Uh, you know, a TCU where they um, almost lose to a, a team who was like in the bottom five in college basketball in Arkansas Pine Bluff, and uh, uh, you know that that raises alarm bells. But at the same time, yeah. remember it's it's only one game, and there's 30 games to be played, and everybody's trying to get their yeah. team, you know, 
progressing during the season. So, uh, so it is a challenge this time of year. Yeah, Florida Gulf Coast, Pat Chambers' team, for example, went out to USC. Uh, Andy Enfield, of course, had gone from Florida Gulf Coast out there. I mean, so that they're, they're going to be Louisville lost. I mean, they're, you know, it's, it's not as if these things don't happen, and they do, and it probably, I don't, I don't know how much it skews numbers along the way. Does it skew numbers? Well, I mean, as the season goes on, you know, these early games uh, get, you know, weighted less and less in my formula. So by the time yeah. you get to, you know, the end of the season, the, the first game of the season is, um, you know, often the, the least important, but... But again, if you have a bad game, you know, if you if you you know get upset or whatever, it, it still will will make an impact. What about tournaments? Because, for example, Penn State's going to the Charleston tournament next week, which we've talked about. Everybody's going to holiday tournaments from Maui to Atlantis and so forth. The competition is really different at these tournaments. So when you look at, at you look at conference at these in season tournaments, what kind of impact? Now, in terms of the competition some some teams get, does that have an impact on what you see? Because you can run into somebody that's different on your schedule. Sure, yeah, the tournaments are great. I mean, I, I love the tournaments. Just Me too. From a, from a, yeah, from a visual standpoint and from a rating standpoint, because you get a lot of games, and usually that's, you know, the way the tournaments are structured, you get teams of, you know, roughly equal ability playing each other. So, uh, you know, to get three games uh, for a bunch of teams that get to play against similar styles or similar ability um it does really you know it's it's a much better viewing experience obviously compared to what we've had here the first three or four days of the season but it's also like it, it allows you to evaluate teams in a, a much more fair way interesting and i'm not i'm going to talk visuals now for a moment because i could talk numbers with you all day but part of the visual to me is that college basketball because of covid like all the other sports is a little bit older right now uh, have you seen maybe a little bit better level of play at both ends of the floor because the sport is a little older because of the circumstance? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's it's, uh, it's that too is a tough thing to evaluate just because obviously, you know, players are going to get better offensively and they're going to maybe make more shots and commit fewer turnovers, although we haven't really seen a huge effect on that level because, you know, obviously – on the other end, like players with another year of experience are going to be better defenders and they're going to yeah. understand the scouting report a little better and understand the nuances of playing defense better. And so, uh, so we really haven't seen overall, like, uh, you know, a massive change, I guess, statistically in how the game has uh, been played at the college level. I think because, you know, really there's no, there's no advantage to be gained. You know, whatever advantage you get on offense, from having that experience, there's also kind of an equal advantage defensively. So I want to ask you about a couple numbers. So the, when people go to your site, KenPom.com, which you know I've been a long-time subscriber to, so I, so I want to get to one that's interesting. You can talk about possessions per game, but you put adjusted tempo as your number there. Explain to the average fan what adjusted tempo is and why a team may be averaging 72 possessions a game, but adjusted tempo may be 68.2. Yeah, so the adjusted tempo uh, basically looks at who you play. So, um, you know, obviously there's two teams on the court. Both teams have uh, pretty much equal impact on how many possessions there are in a game. 
And if you're playing a team that, uh, you know, likes to play more up-tempo, uh, that will, um, you know, obviously raise your own. If you want to play slow and you're playing a team that likes to play fast, you're probably going to play a few more possessions in that game than you're used to. So the adjusted tempo uh, basically handles that. And, uh, you know, if you're playing, again, if you're playing fast-paced opponents, um, your adjusted tempo will be adjusted basically down from uh, where the raw tempo would be, if that makes sense. Now the next part is guy playing with two fouls in the first half. You have that as well. Now Seth Lundy did that last night for Penn State. He did pick up his third along the way. What kind of research? I mean, you can get certain things that boom, you can you can load in right away. To me, that's a harder one to find. How do you find that stuff? Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it's a little tricky. You just uh, you know obviously it's play by play for every game, so we know when when players commit fouls, and uh, we can tell if they stayed in the game or, or got subbed out. And so uh, you know it takes a little little effort to to dig that out, but it's obviously not something that's in the box score. But, uh, but yeah, something that that you know we've been able to do and, and put on the site. So that works out pretty well. And you, there's certainly contrast in coaches, you know, in terms of uh, you know how willing they are to um, you know play players that, that do get in foul trouble or. You know, certainly some of the, especially like big name coaches, seem to have a, a tendency to you know go with the auto bench, and if you get two fouls early, you're you're not coming back until the second half. John Cheney, <laughs> <laughs> two fouls, gone. <laughs> you might as well be in the witness protection program until halftime. I mean, that's the way John Cheney was. Uh, but like I said, last night, Micah Shrewsbury did put Seth Lundy back in the game with two. He ended up, ironically, getting his third. But, you know, I'm just saying, I, that was one in the game I did last night that, you know, it stuck out to me because I look at it I see it right, right there. What are you seeing on the average experience scale right now? Penn State now has gone from a couple of years ago being one of the least experienced teams now being one of the more experienced teams. Uh, what are you seeing on that scale right now in terms of experience and are some of the bigger name schools some of the least experienced guys? Yeah, I think that trend uh, holds. I, I do need to, like, I, I've been meaning to publish something about uh, the fifth year players and, and which teams uh, or which conferences have, like, more of the fifth year players. Uh, and it tends to be the weaker leagues uh, where, where guys use that COVID year. But, um, yeah, I mean, certainly Penn State, you know, number two overall in experience, starting four guys who, you know, are fifth-year players. I mean, that's something that obviously wasn't possible pre-2020. So um, so when you look across college basketball, certainly the average experience has jumped, you know, really last year jumped, obviously, with the first year that the COVID year could be used. So, um, so that's, you know, certainly appreciable to just seeing the numbers. And, uh, and as you point out, like, in general, I think there's a trend towards, uh, you know, the smaller schools generally being able to retain uh, fifth-year players in their program more than bigger schools. Yeah, because uh, Cam Winter was able to get a couple of assists earlier in the week. So there are three players right now in college basketball with 1,500 points, 500 rebounds, 500 assists. Penn State has two of the three, Jalen <laughs> P- Pickett and Cam Winter. Now, and again, both transferred in see, between Siena and Drexel. They were able to, to accumulate some numbers. So, I mean, that happens along the way. Uh, when uh, when you look at the, at the at the base numbers and, like, the top teams – where do they usually stand out? Do they usually – and, again, today's game with a three-point shot, everybody talks about winning with defense, winning with defense. When I'm looking at your numbers, I'm seeing the winning teams. They're the ones that have the offense. Is that fair? 
That's very fair, yeah. I mean, in college, uh, certainly offense tends to – great offense tends to beat great defense. You know, it's obviously not a hard and fast rule. The game's a lot more complicated than that, and great defense um, still has success. But but when you look at hundreds and hundreds of games, you know, great offense is going to be, beat great defense, you know, 60% of the time or something like that. And, uh, and as you point out, I mean, it's how do you defend the three-point shot? It's really difficult, you know. It's, uh, if you have five guys out there that can all shoot the three and they can all, and all have, you know, ball skills, like, you know, you can't help off of any of those guys. So uh, the, those type of teams become very difficult to defend, and I don't know if there's a, a great way to do that, although obviously there are some, some great defensive coaches out there that can, can limit that. Um, you know, it still pays to have great offense down the stretch, I think. Uh, and the other part, too, there's a, there's a stat now. It's, it's something I had to do a little combo work with, with you, but I usually feel like when the team that wins the two lines, the free throw line and the three-point line in a game, normally is in pretty good shape. Uh, I know that's not really a stat that is there for you. You can combine it on yours, but is that some of, something you've also found along the way? Yeah, no question. I mean, those are very important things. I mean, the things that, you know, the things that I tell people is that getting to the line, getting to the free throw line is really just as important as making the shots. Yeah. I mean, if you get to the free throw line, if you're a 65% free throw shooter, which isn't great, and you get to the line for two shots, you know, you're going to average – 1.3 points per trip, and yeah. you look at the best offenses in the country, and they're you know 1.15, 1.2. So being a 65% free throw shooter and getting the line for two is actually really, really good offense. And obviously, if you're a better shooter than that, it's great offense. So yeah, getting to the free throw line certainly is uh, is a really efficient source of offense. Yeah, I always tell uh, everybody that if you want to have beachfront property at exotic locations in the world average 1.5 points a shot in the NBA and you are rich (laughs) you are loaded if you get 1.5 points a shot hey Always a pleasure. I love breaking things down with you. You know, Dick Girardi and I uh, are, I mean, it is a critical part of our preparation, as you know. So I'm not telling you something you didn't already know. Well, I always uh, appreciate the support, Steve. Thanks for having me on, and uh, good luck to the Nittany Lions the rest of the year. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk. We'll probably talk in another month if that's okay. Yep, sounds great. Well, I think I've made it pretty apparent how I feel about that. Hey, look out there. He's your quarterback, okay? That's your guy. What are your, is there a, a faction out there that's rooting against him? Why? He's your quarterback. <laughs> You're supposed to be upset with the other guy's quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And the vast majority of people are great, so James is right. They're great. But I, I can't begin to tell look, obviously none of you know Sean, right? Maybe a couple of you know him maybe a little bit. But the, the rest of us, we know him. I can't begin to tell you what a great guy he is. And all the great things he has done within this program and a little thing I was at, I was on a show this morning and they asked me about um, like you know his value to what happens out there and I said well, it's obvious that you see the value in some of the passes he makes the throws you know a pass to Tinsley on the sideline that's phenomenal another pass down the middle to 
to Parker Washington was great. The touchdown pass to Strange would, uh, against Maryland, which was a tremendous play and throw by him. He puts it at this spot where you got to put it right in the right spot. Only two things can happen. It's either a catch for a touchdown or it's incomplete. Right? It does not bring disaster into play. But there's other elements to it. And with an offensive line with a lot of moving parts in it, who do you think is getting them into the right protections, making the right calls, getting them to a spot in the running game they need to be by what he's doing at the line of scrimmage? It's Sean Clifford. You know, Sal Wormley was on the postgame show, and he says, look, he's the guy that's standing here and can see everything. He says, and we trust exactly what's going on. I mean, look, Penn State has not given up a sack the last two games. That's a tribute to the offensive line and the great job they've done. It's a tribute to Sean in two areas. One, he has set up the protections because it's his job to identify the five most dangerous people out there that have to be, in his opinion, potentially taken care of in a play. And also he's avoided trouble in the pocket by his ability to move. Um. And James is right. And again, you know, I, I, most people are positive about it, about him. Um, but then obviously there's still a faction out there. You know it exists. That's why when he's introduced on the video board, it's a mixed reaction at times. Okay, I got it. You know, I mean, I understand. I, I got it. Um, but I... Uh, I just want you know, if you knew him like the rest of us know him, he is one of those guys that you root for no matter what. You ask yourself why the players in one interview after another are so loyal to the guy. I mean, you don't get a mixed reaction from the Penn State players when they're asked about their quarterback. Do you? Do you get a mixed reaction from the players about their quarterback? Even kind of like, a, well, eh, nope. Ask yourself why. And believe me, everybody here thinks, the, thinks beyond words about Drew Aller. This has nothing to do with Drew. Drew is a great prospect. Can't wait to watch him play. Can't wait. Right now, the quarterback is Sean Clifford. 